You're listening to Brand to Brand, a B2B marketing show that's safe enough for work, but not safe enough to be on the radio. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're talking trends and social media giants. We'll take a look at platforms like OnlyFans and TikTok to discuss the opportunities emerging channels mean for your brand. All right, let's kick things off. Here we are back again in the studio. And can you believe that we're getting close to the end of season one, Veronica? No. It's crazy. (laughs) It's been a wild ride. (laughs) It really has. And we only have a few episodes left. Yeah, season one's coming to a close. Season two... Maybe we'll just go right to season three. Keep the people on there. Yeah, their keep toes. them guessing. Skip a season. <laughs> Make a gap year, you know? Maybe we'll, we should have started at 10 and did a tenant podcast where we just go backwards in time. Maybe we'll pull a Netflix. We'll drop the whole season at once. No, we're not going to do that. It's got really <laughs> a lot of work, though. Yeah, you're right. Wait, that's not fun for us. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's we love not. our listeners, but not that much. Uh, so, why are we here today? We're here today to talk about some fringe platforms that started out as fringe platforms going up against some major players in the space that have kind of evolved to these huge, I'd say, social media juggernauts. Big fun, time. Fun word. Big time. Um, both have also been at the center of a lot of controversy and conversation over the past year, and both have seen a lot of growth during the pandemic. So I feel like we couldn't do a whole season of Brand to Brand without talking about OnlyFans and TikTok. And the two of those on a headline is provocative, honestly. It is. There's I mean, something... you're listening. Whoever's listening, you're listening right now, so we got gotcha. you. <laughs> it's clickbait. <laughs> but it's an important, important big-picture conversation for all brands that are trying to navigate a equally growing, complex social media environment and marketing landscape. Gone are the days where you see business cards with Facebook and Twitter, gross pixelated logos <laughs> on the cards. People don't do that anymore. It's creepy to say, follow me on Facebook. And these new brands are leveraging and changing the game for content creators. So with that, let's get into it. Uh, let's get her! OnlyFans or TikTok? <laughs> no judgment either way, okay? I'm going to take TikTok, Tom. I'm going to let you okay. swim through OnlyFans. Okay. I'm going to let... A spoiler alert. Tom had to do a lot of research, <laughs> and I just had to watch him suffer through. I thought I was going TikTok, so I guess I've been, the research that I did is not going to be relevant. <laughs> and I should say, full disclosure, I've not been on the OnlyFans platform. But in part of my research, I've talked to a lot of people that have. Part of my intent to go to heaven, I haven't either. <laughs> you can find hell on TikTok. You as can well. find hell anywhere. Uh, I'm taking TikTok. I have been so blown away. I think at first, and if anyone listened to the last episode about influencer marketing, we've uncovered that Veronica is an early stage curmudgeon. I thought we uncovered we were both influencers. <laughs> that too. <laughs> So I think when TikTok first started gaining popularity, I didn't really get it. There's a lot of people doing dances and it is a music forward platform. There are a lot of trends that are aligned with songs, which I guess makes sense because um, it became available worldwide, started by a company in China that actually still owns the rights to the underlying um, algorithms of the technology. It became worldwide available in 2018 after merging with a company called Musical 
musically, musical.ly. I would assume it's musically. So I think a lot of people, when they think TikTok, don't think that it's such a visual medium. They don't think about I would these, say both like, of these audio trends. Visual. Both of these are visual <laughs> mediums. Go, think, oh, God. We're just going to keep on chugging along. I just had to because they are both visual platforms. I think in one way, right, the OnlyFans route, content contributors, content creators are getting paid for their content. Nobody's getting paid for their TikTok dance moves. They are in the form of the advertising and some of the other things that they can do on mm. the platform, how they're being leveraged. But it's a very, very interesting thing. You talk about these people that spend all of these times working on these TikTok competitions, these dance move competitions, and they have these houses, people that all live together, whether it's Instagram or TikTok, that are all working together kind of collaboratively. Yeah, like, you don't hear about a lot of OnlyFans houses because I think those are illegal. I mean, <laughs> OnlyFans started in 2016. I think what's interesting about this platform is it's kind of been just kind of a ghost under the radar really until 2020. Nobody really knew about it or it was kind of, as we discussed before, kind of this fringe social network. And with the pandemic, a lot of these social channels have just been exploding. I mean, I can talk to you about my data here. You can tell me yours. But specifically in terms of numbers of creators, it's quintupled from 2019 to 2020. And the total number of paid fans, and we'll get into how you get paid on OnlyFans, went up 500%. So just absolute explosion in terms of adoption. I mean, TikTok, very similar. I think the pandemic changed that as well. You had a lot more people at home. OnlyFans, because users got paid for their content, had a source of income by immediately turning to this platform. And for those of you we are dancing around the topic of OnlyFans, if you know what OnlyFans is, these jokes are hitting. If they're not hitting, you might not know what OnlyFans is. It is a platform where users are able to sell exclusive access to content. However, based on whoever started this platform and kind of where it's evolved, they do allow people to sell, we will say not safe for work, photos, nude photos, and risque video. photos, video, and it allows people to access that exclusive content. They work really hard at OnlyFans to sell the concept that they are all about solving an important problem. If I go to OnlyFans right now and I'm there. Oh. I, I'm not logging in. Don't worry. Don't Humble worry. Humble brag. I'm not going to get in any trouble here. Sign up to support your favorite creators. But, Very nice concept because so many people are putting so much great stuff out online and getting nothing for it. It's not like you can log on and post one picture mm -hmm. like OnlyFans and boom, you're making money. And it's interesting because both of these platforms faced in some way some kind of a, I guess you could call it censorship in a way, but a ban, this ban that was coming. TikToks was in 2020 where our former president basically said uh, he was worried that there was some fear that China would be able to track and data mine uh, U.S. citizens through TikTok, which the TikTok responded basically saying they would never provide user data to the Chinese government and nor they ever would if they were actually asked. That was a huge thing. Remember there was like a doomsday date where Trump was like, huge. we're going to shut it down. Huge. We're going to shut it down. We're going <laughs> to shut down TikTok. And then OnlyFans, similar controversy. They came out and they're like, we're going to get rid of all explicit content. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who say this is allowing, there are a lot of like pro-sex worker 
people who are saying like, hey, if people want to go on and do this, that's their God-given right to do it. But I think to, to, to finish your point there, though, I, I'm surprised that Donald Trump isn't on both of these platforms, to be honest <laughs> with you. And maybe he is. And maybe he is. And I just haven't found the page yet because I haven't signed in. Oh, but my God. he could be that's on That's hilarious. There. I mean, Donald... I'm talking to you. You could you could be on these networks and, and earning a lot of great I cash. would just be curious to see how he would price his own content. <laughs> he would know. He would learn how to leverage these. If there's one. You think if he figured it out? I That's mean, really all he The is. guy ha- knows how to use social media. <laughs> <laughs> you may not like what he has to say. You may like what he has to say. That's up to you. But he knows how to use and leverage social media and commands it at his age. It's, he definitely it's, did. It's surprising. It was interesting. Until he got banned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bands going back to the topic of bands um it was interesting that OnlyFans, when they were saying as a company they were going to make a decision to ban explicit content Mm -hmm. there was an uproar there was an uproar when trump said he was going to ban tiktok both of these entities called donald trump an entity um had a doomsday date that this was Mm going to happen and in both cases it didn't happen it reversed but there was so much conversation and controversy around those decisions you have to wonder how popular is a platform if the president of the united states is saying we want to ban this like that's some serious clout so i wonder how many people OnlyFans wasn't even on their radar until they then started seeing the trending news of it going away and how much publicity those platforms garnered from that 100 percent. and if we think about only fans only fans in its inception has fought really hard not to have a lot of publicity which is fascinating and when we say and when we think about how they present their brand they present their brand values and they talk about this concept of putting money in the hands of the these creators this sort of noble quest associated and they've got people like chefs and models on the platform you've got celebrities like cardi b then you've got adult stars they can't really hide from this explicit content and when you think about this potential ban that was going to happen and go into effect at the beginning of november it would be banning pretty much the vast majority of the content that's on the platform. And yeah, the and people found- are relying on this as a source of income. They are. And speaking back to these founders, it was actually started by a family. It's a family. It's a nice family story. Tim o- Only Stokely. fams? <laughs> only fams. Tim Stokely, Guy Stokely, who is so infamous and yet you can't really find photos of him online. Very interesting guy. Very private guy, previously in banking. And then Thomas Stokely. So two brothers and a dad and a silent partner, Leonid Radvinsky, who formally started MyFreeCams.com. So again, if the origin story involves a family trio, two of three that were in porn and a financial backer, OnlyFans can't hide from its heritage. That said, you are finding content creators that are making millions of dollars on the platform, and some of them aren't doing anything explicit at all. And some brands are actually using it, believe it or not, not that I'm advocating for that right now for your brand, but leveraging it to get out there and create community. It is all based around this concept of a subscription model. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's porn, that's one thing, right? But you pay a content creator a subscription to have access to their channel. And by subscribing, you have access to all the content that they produce. Whereas 
on TikTok. It's all in a feed. Mm. No one's getting compensated for any of that work that they're doing, any of that content that they're creating. So it's radically, radically different model. And then you have access to those contributors. You can pay them directly for things. You can tip them directly for things. It's fascinating. I had no idea brands were even on there in the slightest. I think it's still got a really dark stigma, but it's worth a review. And it's worth a discussion yeah. because OnlyFans is not going to be the only platform that comes out that starts thinking about how can we pay content creators dollars. Mm -hmm. And they may not be the best at doing it. Three guys and some other people in a back room that are all from porn. They may not be the people <laughs> to solve this problem, but it's a problem worth solving, right? How do we protect intellectual property? We've talked about before on this show. How do we give money to the creators? You're a meme maker, right? Oh. Thank you. You should get paid for that work. You are right. And it's so easy for people. You're right. I want to protect my IP. I got to start should. making my memes NFTs. What the hell am I doing? Or uh, put them on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> my OnlyFans would be like the three people in my meme group. So it's great. Oh Shout my out. God. I think TikTok being such a user generated content by the people for the people there's less of a space for that, but you are still seeing how brands are figuring out how to leverage TikTok. The NBA, 12 million followers, launched a campaign aimed to enhance global awareness um, with young people of the NBA, which That's is awesome. interesting. Uh, Chipotle launched a burrito campaign where they encouraged users to dress up in costumes and post stuff, and it had over 4 billion views when they first launched this. So brands are definitely figuring out there's a space for them. But it's interesting. It is such a Gen Z fueled medium where you're allowing these content creators to really fully be themselves and be authentic. A hundred percent. But even more than that, the nice thing about the algorithms behind TikTok is they're incredibly democratizing. Your first view as you scroll is not just simply things that you follow. It's things that are for you. So if you know someone that wants to launch a cooking vlog or some sort of new uh, career and they want to showcase self-help videos online or really anything and everything, business tips, etc., you can put it out there, power it with the right hashtags, and boom, you're in front of an audience that you would have never had access to. I think a lot of people are missing that. They just think it's another way to do the same thing. It's another take on an Instagram Reels or a, a some other video forward platform but it's it's not. It is interesting, and it's interest, interesting because if we were, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the other juggernauts, which we've already mentioned. But Instagram, one of them, launched Reels, mm -hmm. similar thing. These full bleed videos where people can just endlessly scroll, and the way that you scroll through video content is similar to the binge watching culture that we've yeah. kind of created where Netflix there's like now it's like a two second if you've ended an episode where it's like starting next episode in three, two, one. Oh, and I it just, that. it, that's almost like the same. It's like, just feed me the stream of content. Facebook's definitely another one. There's obviously a dark side and another component beyond what's relevant for your business with some of these platforms. I think Facebook has come under fire. It feels like a lot over the past couple of years for a lot of this where past couple days, past couple, past couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Facebook like how many times is Zuckerberg talked to the Senate at this point? Facebook about <laughs> is in hot water because everybody now knows what's hiding behind the scenes. And what's hiding behind the scenes is 
profit over people, right? But that's just corporate America, folks. That is corporate that's America. That's kind of how I feel. It's like, it, no shit. Like, yeah. What did we oh, expect? We gave that guy it, billions of dollars. Yeah, you think he's going to be a good person? And we put a bunch of Congress people that didn't understand how the internet even worked in I, charge to police that. Come on. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? Getting back to OnlyFans and getting back, like, who's actually on OnlyFans that isn't, you know, showing a, a boob or a butt? <laughs> just one or single just, boob. Yeah, just one. I don't know. I mean, maybe just audio. I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Rebecca Minkoff, a designer. She's out there, and the first greeting that she presents on OnlyFans is all about, like, hey, I'm not here to show you anything inappropriate. I'm here to connect with you. I'm here to share with you. I'm here to bring you in to my journey. And you have other influencers on the space. You have people like Dr. Alex George, who's a reality, former reality star, and Mandy Machias, a musician from Spain that in the break of the pandemic couldn't do concerts anymore and wanted to get out to her audience and launched OnlyFans and was creating content and playing content and putting it out there. And people could subscribe and they could pay and that allowed her to have an income throughout the whole process and there's many many more stories just like that so where there's darkness there's also lightness and only fans has created and carved out a place specifically for that i love it power to the people i wanted to play a quick video from a, a gal on youtube talking about her only fans journey Okay, so when you join OnlyFans, you have to get, you have to wait like 24 to 72 hours for your account to even be approved before you start like setting your price or doing your bank stuff or whatever. So um, I set it all up and then like five minutes ago, my account just got approved. So that was a content contributor, someone that actually wanted to try this out, actually conduct a challenge in, in some ways, didn't necessarily want to share any explicit content, joined the network and fired up a OnlyFans account, went through the approval process, figured out how much she wanted to charge for her subscription and made all things start to finish $3,000 in a week. And her top producing content, we'll say, was foot picks. <laughs> I have to say, men have been sneaking peeks at women and doing some creepy, oh, weird God. shit for so long, and women <laughs> haven't reaped a dollar from that. No. So if women are now gatekeeping now and saying, you friggin' pay me if you want to be a weirdo, <laughs> go off, sis. I support it. Oh, my God. That, that's not going to be the takeaway from the episode, but uh, it's a scary world that we're in. And obviously, there's a dark side to all there of these definitely. channels. And these are two channels that are provocative, and that's why we're here to talk about them. I feel like the best way to also share some of the story of TikTok, we've talked about their algorithm, the For You page, the spotlight. It is interesting how there are a lot of people who are like, I feel like TikTok is starting to like read my thoughts. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, has anyone else noticed that your For You page has been a little too accurate lately? It hasn't been things that I'll Google or I talk about. It's been thoughts. TikTok knows everything about us. To understand how it knows users so well, the Wall Street Journal created over 100 automated TikTok accounts, or bots, that watched hundreds of thousands of videos on the app. We also spoke to current and former executives at the company. Officially, the company says that shares, likes, follows, and what you watch all play a role in what TikTok shows you. We found that TikTok only needs one of these to figure you out. How long you linger over a piece of content. Every second you hesitate or rewatch, the app is tracking you. I just want to quiet the noise. 
Through this one powerful signal, TikTok learns your most hidden interests and emotions and drives you deep into rabbit holes of content that are hard to escape. I think the best part here about the Wall Street Journal's research is that it uncovers one of the most addicting things about TikTok, and it's its algorithm. And people love the algorithm. They love what the algorithm does, but there's a scary side of that. It just shows, like, those that are constructing these algorithms are able to detect all of these micro-interactions that tell them so, so much about each of us. But the nice thing is, for anybody that's you know, starting to utilize that platform is any piece of content you put out there with the right hashtags, they're willing to throw out there and give it a shot. And you don't necessarily get that everywhere. And now for something completely different. Since we're here talking about business, I don't know if there's really a place <laughs> in terms of work for OnlyFans. <laughs> really depends on your industry, but I'm going to focus our work today on TikTok. This platform certainly is not for every brand, but if your marketing team is considering venturing into the space, here are some tips I think that will help you as you're getting started. First, leverage the hashtags. We've talked about the virility of these platforms. We've talked about the fact that TikTok sort of favors new content contributors, gives them the opportunity, gives them a shot in the limelight. And because TikTok favors users, content based off of the videos that they've liked or that they've engaged with, how long they've listened to them. That's a huge opportunity for brands. Second is understand the algorithm. And I know that's impossible. I'm not physically asking you to understand, but the point is that you should research and understand how each of your videos are behaving, which ones are getting the most reach and utilize that, drive that back into how you're, how you're working with the platform and the content that you're creating. Next thing is create a community. Now, OnlyFans, you start with the community, right? You start with that pay-to-play, the subscription model. Um, but still, a brand's goal on TikTok really should be to get the viewer to connect with and then purchase your product. And in order to do so, you really need to create a little bit of credibility, a community of followers and fans that will go beyond just simply viewing the content and commenting, but actually sharing on it as well. Next advice would be going live. It's an underutilized component and feature of TikTok, but it is one that can be really successful and strong for those that properly leverage it, and it can get you tremendous, tremendous visibility. The last thing is use captions. A lot of people are scrolling in the dark. They're scrolling with no audio on. And so the way for you to get the most impact for these short form video pieces is for you to have them set up for success with captions. So people that are listening with their audio off can still get access to that great content. So if you had to take anything away from the show, what what would it be? <laughs> so many things, but I guess the core one would be if you're in need of a little additional income and you have nice feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's launching that porn career has never been easier on today's prevailing social networks. Are we... Are we <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but seriously, it has never been easier to utilize prevailing social media to attract new audiences. And for a lot of people, that is scary. The internet is a scary place. A lot of what we talked about today was the rosy colored glasses view of both of these platforms because there is a tremendous dark side. But any brand uh, managers, brand enthusiasts, chief marketing officers, company leaders, 
you got to be thinking about what is next for your brand. And we can use the takeaways that we covered from today's episodes to find ways for you to attract new audiences and move your brand forward. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks so much for listening to Brand to Brand. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and don't keep us a secret. Tell your friends. Tell your friends.